You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Warehouser. Yes, the warehouser with trees, logging, building homes, all that good stuff. Huge company here in the Pacific Northwest. Warehouser is citing crime at their Pioneer Square headquarters for delaying its reopening in Seattle. Oof. Now we've done podcasts on other companies, startups leaving Pioneer Square because it's not safe. Now we've got Warehouser with significant office space there going, yeah, until some changes are met, we're going to have to separate ourselves from our office location in downtown Seattle, in Pioneer Square. That's what we're talking about today. All right. Before we jump on in and uh, take a look and see what's actually going on, I think you kind of know, but we've got some details here that are pretty interesting. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I've got a real estate background as an appraiser and a managing broker and um, just a real estate guy and I read the news. So, you know, why wouldn't we do this? All right, let's jump on in. Concerns over crime in downtown Seattle escalated sharply this week after Warehouser reportedly delayed its return to its Pioneer Square headquarters due to neighborhood safety issues. Mainly, the neighborhood isn't safe. You've got whacked out nut jobs on drugs everywhere, just whacking, walking around, whacking people. No. We have had that though. We're going to read about some of the things that have gone on, but we've done so many podcasts about you know, Pioneer Square and Pioneer Square, one of those downtown locations. It has been there like since the beginning of Seattle. It's one of those iconic locations that's always been, shall we say, a little bit rough, a little bit dodgy. Some might say it's got folks there that are down and out on their luck most of the time. And so you've got this conflict going between the businesses there, like a warehouser in some pretty big office space in nice buildings. I was talking to one of my kids the other day, my oldest, who's an appraiser, and he's like, hey, dad, you got this like $10 million condo. And then out at the street where you walk into the front door of this condo, you've just got, you know, basically a homeless encampment on the sidewalk. How does this even work? How does this even coexist? And it's like, well, that condo is way up high. And so I guess the theory is, is once you get up there, everything's okay. Just don't enter through the front door on your condo project, because you might get taken out. Something crazy might happen. Probably not going to get taken out. And by that, I mean, uh, your public safety is probably not as strong as it is inside in your own private $10 million cocoon, right? So you've got these condos in these locations where you're like, how does that work? And Warehouser is saying, this isn't working for us right now. If it gets safer, and they've got the option, they've got the money to do this. If it gets safer, we, we might consider bringing our employees back. But right now, it's not safe. And you read the news stories, there's a shooting at Pioneer Square, there's somebody getting stabbed. I mean, just 
on the regular. If it's not a couple of times a week, it's at least once a week. If you're an employer like Warehouser, do you want to roll that dice and say, yeah, you know what, we really appreciate you as employees. But your own personal safety, you know, it's up to everybody to kind of bring their own personal safety in perspective. And we'd like you to come back to the office. And um, that's going to mean that, you know, some stuff might happen. You could be impacted. In an email to employees, Denise Murley, Warehouser's chief administration officer, said the timber company won't bring workers back to the offices overlooking Occidental Park without significant and sustained improvements in neighborhood safety, according to a media report last Thursday. Let's 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 analyze that for just a just a second here. Significant and sustained improvements in neighborhood safety, meaning it's bad. And we know it's bad. And everybody there knows it's bad. The police know it's bad. The politicians know it's bad. The mayor knows it's bad. Every business in this area knows it's having a tough go right now. And without significant and sustained improvements, warehouser, yeah, they're going to keep separating themselves from said environment because they don't want to endanger their employees by going to work. That's literally what they're saying. Yeah, we, we can't have our employees go in there. It's not safe. And it's not just a little bit unsafe. It's significantly unsafe and they need sustained improvements to want to come back. Warehouser declined to confirm the message or comment on the matter. Yeah, no, we're just not going to say anything, even though everybody knows this is the drill. But John Scholes, president and CEO of Downtown Seattle Association, said that during a conversation with Warehouser officials in mid-September, <laughs> this is interesting. And you'll hear of John Schultz quite a bit, because uh, he kind of runs a big coalition of uh, CEOs in downtown Seattle. His comment was, it was certainly made clear to me that they have not made a decision to return and won't until they see some improvements to safety in the neighborhood. Because this isn't Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. This is Mr. Neighborhood's Roger, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood on Karak and living on the sidewalks. All right. So maybe not crack anymore. Maybe it's a little heroin mixed with some meth. But it's not safe. I mean, you just see crazy stuff. The conversation took place after the September 13th stabbing of a man who was walking his dog in Pioneer Square, Scholl said. Guy got cut from like his cheek. I mean, just up, up his face. Just brutal. Many employers have delayed their office returns due to surging COVID-19 cases and the Delta variant. But Warehouser appears to be the first major employer to explicitly link its delay not only to COVID-19, but also to public safety concerns. They're basically not saying anything about COVID. They're just like, yeah, we're not going back there until we can see an improvement. And by improvement, we mean something substantial and we need to see it over time. That's what they're saying. 
Other neighborhood business, owner, business owners and organizations weren't surprised that Weyerhaeuser had balked over public safety following a recent spate of shootings and assaults and the presence of a tent encampment in the neighborhood's landmark pergola. It's, it's rough there. It's really rough. That's the bottom line. These homeless encampments, they keep getting swept. We're sweeping one. They get moved. You know, the residents move. It's just this crazy mix up of, okay, we're going to sweep out this area. We're going to get it all spot, you know, cleaned up and just shiny, shiny and, and clean. And then those folks have to go somewhere. They're not going into permanent housing. They're going into temporary housing. They come back out, you know, they choose not to go into temporary housing. They choose not to go into permanent housing. They choose to live on the streets. And then you end up with these pretty big encampments that eventually get swept, even though we've got a no sweep policy during the coronavirus. But it feels like we just we're kind of making up rules now. All right, it got really bad there. We had three 911 calls that ended up hitting the media. Let's sweep it. And some of the stuff that people are saying on the streets is if you want to get into some, if you want to get in on that fed cash money for housing, for temporary housing, if you're homeless or unhoused, then you need to go and stay in an area that you know is going to get swept because that is where and how you will con come in contact with services that might provide you the ability to get, you know, into some kind of temporary shelter whether that's a, a you know hotel or housing that's available, but there's just not enough housing to go around. So absent effective policies to address public safety, said Scholes, those concerns could become part of other employees' reasoning if, if it isn't already. We know what the deal is. It's just damn dangerous down there. That's, that's the bottom line here, right? It's just dangerous. You could get shot. You could get mugged. You could get stabbed. I mean, imagine anything going on. You, you could have that at Pioneer Square. I, I will oftentimes read the, uh, the media reports on Pioneer Square, and it's like after Saturday at like 2 a.m. and got a little rumble going on, little bit of a fight outbreak. And then that invariably degenerates into a shooting so, I mean, that happens pretty consistently because it seems like everybody has a gun now and most of them not legal. These are not guns. People went to the gun store and waited their three days. No, they're illegal. And um, I was reading the other day about where most of the guns for the Chicago shootings come from and they come from Indiana, which isn't that far away. And there's this whole industry of people buying guns legally and then handing them off to people who need them more than they do and paying some pretty good money for those guns. So it's basically a straw purchase, right? I mean, it's somebody that's, I can't imagine wanting to risk my, you know, being arrested for buying somebody else a handgun that I know that they're going to go and use for some kind of shooting. Like, why do you need this handgun? Why do you need this Glock? Well, I'm going deer hunting. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then here you go. Good luck hunting out there. You got your tag? No, these are people that need a handgun to go shoot somebody else or shoot at somebody else, whatever it is. They're not shooting in the woods at helpless creatures. 
No, they're shooting at human beings, other human beings who might shoot back. All right, so back to the article here, it's hard to bring your staff back when we've got so many issues, said Ali Gambari. He's the owner of Cherry Street Coffee House. He said he had to install buzz in door security at his Pioneer Square store to keep his employees from quitting over safety concerns. All right, you want to come into our store? That's fine. Hit the buzzer. We will look at you. I mean, it's getting this for a coffee shop. It's not like we're going into the Diamond Emporium here. You know what I mean? Where you've got like a maybe a couple of different sets of security, you go through the main entrance. All right, you don't look like a mass murderer, you don't look like you have a gun on you. We'll let you in a little bit further. And then you can look at whatever their array of jewelry or maybe some watches, maybe a Rolex or two. I don't know, maybe a, you know, a, a diamond necklace, maybe a big gold chain, maybe you're a big gold chain kind of wearer. I don't wear any of that stuff. I wear a watch, but um, you know, just the, the, the less stuff that I have that's big and shiny that makes me look like a target walking around, I feel better about that. Um, but this is a coffee shop. And this guy had to install one of these buzz in door security systems. It's like, okay, this guy is low on caffeine. Should we let him in? Should we let him in? I don't know. He looks sketchy. Bring him in. You like a cup of coffee, sir? I mean, it, are you looking for coffee here? Because we need to know. I mean, literally, it's to keep out the people who are screaming at the trees at the top of their lungs. We're trying to keep those folks out from legit business. Because otherwise, he's basically saying his employees, yeah, unless we do something about the safety here, I just don't want to work for you. Life is hard enough as an owner of a Cherry Street coffee house to not have to deal with this other stuff. But you know, Pioneer Square, Geographically, it's been an amazing location over the years. Right now, it is specifically a horrific location because it's just got this, it's got this known uh, crime element to it. And Warehouser is saying, yeah, you know, maybe down the road, we'll swing back around and consider our lease space here. But at the time being, not so much. Not so much. Some Pioneer Square businesses welcome news of Warehouser's delay, saying it might be a wake-up call for city officials who some merchants say haven't given enough attention or resources to the iconic neighborhood. I would say almost no resources have gone to the iconic neighborhood. Um, police are doing what they can, but guess what? They've got other areas in the city to deal with other than just Pioneer Square. And I think Pioneer Square gets enough of their uh, attention already because it has to, because how many 911 calls do we have from there? A lot, a lot. I'm glad they said it because you know what? They'll pay attention to Warehouser, said Darcy Hansen, whose merchant's cafe and saloon sits across Yesler Way from the tent encampment. Warehouser's decision to delay, first reported by the Puget Sound Business Journal, comes at a delicate moment for downtown Seattle. Oh, I love the media. This is a delicate moment. That's where you have like a story of a shooting and a murder and whatever else. And then we're we're struggling through some growth issues at the moment with the neighborhood. And we've got some delicate issues to handle. And we need to reimagine and we need to rethink a 
safer pioneer square at the moment. And so we're going to have to distance ourselves from some of the less attractive influences that we've got going on. How can I pitch this to you any clearer than it's a hellhole? Uh, hey, it's a hellhole. We don't want to come back to work there. How about that? Uh, too direct. I know. I know I get in trouble for being direct. And um, pff, what, what can you say? The area is struggling to come back from the pandemic, which emptied most of the tourists and office workers that keep many downtown businesses alive. One of my kids, I can't remember which one was on Fourth Avenue. Is he on Fourth Avenue? Yeah, he was on Fourth Avenue doing something. And he was like, Dad, it's really rough down there. I'm like, I, I, I've been telling you this forever. You should listen to this podcast. It's called the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Your dad might have something to do with it. You should listen to it every now and then. Kids, you know, what are you going to say? Um, they're just like your kids or your grandkids. They pay no attention to me. You know what I mean? Just sometimes they do. Like, hey, dad, I caught that podcast. Every now and then I'll get it. Hey, dad, I caught that podcast. You were really worked up about this. And I was like, I was? Tell me about it. Because then I know that they're actually listening. Um, but my kids are no different than anybody else's kids. Their dad, their dad doesn't know anything. I mean, he's he's just some some guy that makes up rules at home that just don't seem reasonable. Um, but the warehouser decision also comes at a critical moment for Pioneer Square in particular. Many of the Iconics neighborhoods, restaurants, bars, galleries, and other businesses have begun to see signs of economic recovery, driven in part by the return of tourists and fans attending Mariners, Sounders, and Seahawks games. So you've got people coming back in droves, especially on game day. This is a game day type neighborhood. Got some great sports bars. I remember when I turned 21, one of the first places I went to was Pioneer Square because you've got like four epic bars that have been there for like 100 years or whatever it is. And, um, you know, some real routes to downtown Seattle. I only go there now and walk through real quick to take a video to kind of show how bad it is. That's, but I'm also not much of a sports fan. I don't really go to the Mariners, uh, the Sounders. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for the Sounders, but unless somebody gives me free tickets, I'm probably not going out of my way. And the Seahawks games, somebody else can do that. That's just a mad, those are, those are just crazy amounts of people. Um, but many fear that momentum could be stalled by the perception of unchecked homelessness and street crime. Shocking, I know. Yeah, my perception is it's stalled out just a little bit right now. I'm I'm stuck on the whole needles and human excrement on the sidewalk and people sleeping in the doorway of the coffee shop I want to go in. I can't really get there without stepping over those people. And I feel bad. I don't want them living on the sidewalk, but nobody's really doing anything. And then I heard there was a stabbing. What's up with that guy walking his dog? Do I really want to come over here and look at some art, get some coffee, whatever else it is that I'm going to do, buy some clothes. There's all kinds of just random stores down there. Or in the case of if you're a warehouser employee, do I want to try and get to work, get into work? Where am I going to go for lunch? Imagine being trapped in your building. Uh, can you say DoorDash? Can you say Uber Eats? All right, you're going to bring me some or just bring a lunch from home. That's what I do. I know it's boring. Doesn't taste as good, but 
you can kind of control your food intake at that point. But many fear that the momentum from the Seahawks, the Sounders, the Mariners could be stalled by the perception of unchecked homelessness and street crime, said Seattle City Council member Andrew Lewis, whose district covers Pioneer Square. You can see the blossoms of a very strong recovery in Pioneer Square, especially relative to a year ago, Lewis said, but you can just really see the tension where this recovery is coinciding with ongoing, very real public safety challenges and very visible urban poverty that we have to address. You got more people going into an area that has got more tents and street crime now. So this is that... This is that swing back around, okay, you've got more population going into an area that has been used to kind of ruling their own roost. And we're talking about some of the homeless encampments. They're used to just doing their own thing and not being, you know, shoved around. And so they kind of just take over. And so you've got a neighborhood where this has gone on. And now we've got the conflict. We've got this conflict. Very real public safety challenges, Here's another nice way of saying, you might get killed, you might get stabbed, very possibly a shooting could occur. So those are some of the challenges and uphill battles that we hope as employees of Warehouser that you can overcome with us. No, they're not saying that they are saying, we're not, we're not going back to work in that office. Um, Because you could literally put that office a mile away in probably any direction and it would be better. It would be more safe. You could you could put that their office workers in any building in Bellevue, any building in Bellevue, any building, and they're going to be safe. Period. Game over. But it doesn't have that iconic Pioneer Square feeling. Mm, okay. According to the Seattle Police Department crime dashboard, reports of violent crime in Pioneer Square through September are up by around 14%. Okay, not a lot, but that's because there's been so much just crime in general down there. And that's over the same period in 2020. But we're down 17% compared with the same period in 2019. All right, because we've had this whole lots of people in there. Okay, no people in there during 2020, because none of the businesses were open. So these crime statistics, they're, they're wildly skewed based on population demographics, right? Reports of property crime this year are down 26% and 49% from 2020 and 2019, respectively, because in 2019, it was really bad. And property crime in 2020, well, you had all those, you had all the demonstrations, the peaceful protesters bashing out windows. So, you know, you get that in there and it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't, this isn't the safest of neighborhoods, any which way you look at it. Merchants say concerns about street crime and homelessness affect their customers and their employees. Hansen says one of her bartenders was assaulted by a person staying at the homeless encampment, which has also prompted reviews from hell from customers who have stayed at the hotel she runs above the bar. Not good. I wouldn't bring my staff down there if you could remote bartend, she says, but you can't. So you got to have boots on the ground, right? For some of these businesses. Remote bartend. All right. What do you want in that drink? Coming up, it virtually gets sent down the bar by a robot. Lewis and other council members say they're trying to address those challenges. 
these politicians have been trying to address these challenges forever. And it doesn't seem like it's getting better. It's getting worse. In September, the council approved nearly $10 million in police department funding for community service officers and crime prevention coordinators, said council member Lisa Herbold, chair of public safety and human services committee in a statement Friday. The council is also funding an alternative emergency response system that will allow us to deploy the right response rather than sending an armed police officer to every 911 call, Herbold said. All right, so 10 million bucks, that's a step in the right direction in police department funding for community service officers and crime prevention coordinators. You need more cops on the street and you need a heavier presence in Pioneer Square because it doesn't matter how many community service officers and crime prevention coordinators you have. You've just got crime that's kind of out of control. You need some more actual officers right there handling things. And uh, a new 911 system. Okay, the 911 calls that are being made to 911 from people in in Pioneer Square. Some of them are going to be crazy people screaming at the trees. Others are, hey, I just got stabbed while walking my dog. That's a legit call to 911 to send out an officer to send out a real officer with a gun trained and how to handle people who stab others. All right. So, you know, some of the things that we're trying to uh, get away from here with talks from the politicians. Yeah, it's dangerous. That's the bottom line. And Weyerhaeuser is saying, yeah, mm, not so much right now. The city is also committed to spending a record 200 million on affordable housing under Mayor Jer Jenny Durkin's recently released budget. Okay, what about the crazy people living in tents, though, on the sidewalks? You put them into housing, they're going to bounce, they're going to be right back at it. So your 200 million in affordable housing, eh, it's not really going to handle the folks that are so crazy that their only place that they feel comfortable is on the streets of Seattle. Whether these fixes can provide a sufficient sense of safety for downtown merchants, workers and tourists and employers, that remains to be seen. Yes, it does. And it's going to remain to be seen for probably quite some time the foreseeable near future. You know what I always hear people say? What about Rudy Giuliani? What about what he did in New York, New York City? Yeah. In the meantime, Pioneer Square's problems and Weyerhaeuser's delay could well become fodder in the intensifying campaigns for mayor and city council, which have already been heavily shaped by fierce debate about the city's response to crime and homelessness. We've basically got a Republican who is going to be hard on homelessness, not hard on homelessness, but hard on crime, and he's actually going to try and do something. Or we've got this um, abolitionist that basically wants to, yeah, get rid of everything. Because I mean, that's, that's the answer. Get, let's get rid of the police. Let's get rid of the criminal system. We'll just, you know, nothing in place yet, but we'll just get rid of them, abolish them. We'll just see how it goes. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? Because, I mean, with Chop and Chaz, we saw how well lack of police force did there um, with, you know, a couple of kids getting murdered before it was all over. Yeah, that was tough. That was tricky. We need to reimagine and rethink a better ending for what was to be the summer of love. But here in, in Pioneer Square, Weyerhaeuser making a corporate decision. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna 
this just isn't for us. This is this is no go for us, even though we're paying probably a big chunk of rent to be in said location and probably, you know, in what is arguably, I, I know the one building they're in, I don't know if they're in other buildings, but the one building they're in, it's pretty nice. It's just crappy location in Pioneer Square. So that being said, how many more of these stories are we going to have of big companies? And then government will say, ah, oh, we're, we're doing lots. Look at what we're doing over here. All right. That's not really going to help. What are you actually going to do? We're going to do this a lot more times because it's Seattle and that's apparently what we're doing. All right. That's it for me on this one. Um, so yeah, a big company, not saying that it's afraid of coronavirus, not saying that it's afraid of having its vaxxed or unvaxxed employees come back into the office, straight up saying, not even identifying that as a factor, just flat out saying, yeah, that location in Seattle, we're not going there. We're not, we're not, we're not risking our employee safety. Um, super interesting, right? You can't deny that that story's out there. Warehouser, one of the oldest, most established families in um, in Seattle history. Crazy, yeah. yeah that office space. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna separate ourselves from that for a little bit here. As they go back in, I'll let you know. But that could be years. So stay tuned. I'll give you updates. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.